Good everyone, and welcome to episode 41 of the Playconomics Podcast, where we break down the business behind our favorite video games and provide you sweet, sweet financial context for industry trends. I'm one of your hosts, Matt Mascari, and joined with me today is the apartment office sitting, the barely clinging to life, Bobby Kowicki. How are you, Matt? How are you doing? I'm, I'm coming to you live from a CIA black site, which is why... Um, my my uh, setup is a little different today, so I apologize to the viewers <clears throat> and the listeners. Yeah. The CCP, um, CCP found Bobby is basically they what did, they're trying they to did. say. I took out quite a few high-level uh, CCP members. Um, I, my, jokes were so, my jokes were so good that they laughed themselves to death, uh, much like mm-hmm. in Robert Roger Rabbit. So... <laughs> Um, yeah, that's why I'm coming to you from an undisclosed location today, and I'm I'm thrilled. I'm borderline titillated to be with you on this Saturday morning. Um, Fun fact: Roger Rabbit is who my middle name is after. Yeah, Matthew Facts. Roger. Um, no, it's actually I'm Roger do- Rabbit. I'm- <laughs> Uh, no, yeah. I'm doing good. You you almost had to do this episode solo, but I said over. It was really my, quick. Over my worm-ridden corpse because it was a huge week in 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 news in games. Uh, if this was last week, yes. when fucking nothing happened, I would have been like, Matt, you take the reins, pal. You you fly the you fly the ship. Not this week. Bud. It would have been wild, guys. Let me. T- Playcotomous, I'm going to be real with you right now. You were going to get the news episode probably wouldn't have been good. It's weird to do a news episode alone. I don't know how Sam from um, what's his Xbox Exhibition. podcast called? Exhibition. Exhibition. I don't know how he does it alone every week. It's a completely different breed of skill. The plus episode was going to be some shit, though. And you missed Very out on cl- it because Bobby lots was of plus, a lot of pantslessness. Thing. Yeah, it would have yeah. been. How would've dare been I show up to my own podcast? Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the unmitigated <laughs> gall of me. We were, we were talking about it because I was supposed to film on Thursday as per usual, but instead I put it off until Saturday morning because I'm lazy. Sarah's got COVID. I'm doing work, taking care of Sarah, slash playing video games for eight hours a day because I have no obligations outside of work because Sarah is sick. Bobby was like, I mean, I don't have to come on our podcast. Yeah. I don't <laughs> because have I was to happy show up to this episode. Yeah. But here we are. And, I'm glad uh, you're uh, Matt, I'm curious. Since you've had all this time alone with your thoughts, what have you been playing this week, buddy? So, so more of the same. <laughs> you would think, Matt, you have at least 20 hours of uninterrupted game time. Play a new game. Never. Not once. Uh, I played Apex. I played a lot of Apex. Um, more of the same. It's awesome. But then I wanted a Pokemon game because Legends Arceus left me unfulfilled because it's not a good game. <laughs> so I was like, how do I make Pokemon Sword more fun? Because I'm tired of their limited Pokedex. You especially 
No, no, especially through the first part of the game where like <clears throat> yes, the Isle of the Ar- Isle of Armor and Crown Tundra gave you good ga- good new Pokemon. But like you can't really go through a whole story with them because you don't get them at the beginning. So what I found out is that through Pokemon Home, I can breed a perfectly competitive Pokemon. Excuse me. At level 1 and then transfer it to Pokemon Home. And then transfer it into a new save file. And now I have six completely competitive Pokemon in a new game starting at the first time you get to a PC. And what are these perfectly competitive Pokemon, good sir? So so I picked all of my favorites. So I have a Dratini, mm-hmm. who's currently a Dragonite, uh, a Metagross, a Gyarados, who I have never used through a Pokemon playthrough. Mm-hmm. And was like, need to. He's great. Uh, she's great, actually. Female Gyarados. Um, a Frostlass. Watch, watch it with that these yeah. days. Yeah. yeah. Frostlass. Also, undercover, phenomenal Pokemon. Toxtricity, because he's cool. And I needed a Gigantamax. And then the Fairy Eevee, because I've never used the Fairy Eevee or any Fairy Pokemon at all. But you had me in the first half when you were saying Metagross, and then everything after Metagross was just objectively dog shit. So Gyarados, unless unless he's the shiny version, Red Gyarados over Blue. Yeah, so shiny version. But they all are competitively bred with all of their cool abilities. Like my Dragonite has multi scale, which is really cool. Let me tell you something about all this EV training. I grew up in the streets playing Pokemon. Where you know what all that mattered, man? If my Pokemon was cooler than your Pokemon. If yeah, it had mine are more... cooler than yours, and they could also curb stomp yours like Dave Sapel's security did to that one guy. That's yeah, what that, my team I, is doing to Pokemon Sword right now. I don't think that's true because I would just I don't want to say decimate. We'll Let get, me a, get we'll, we'll get we'll get like a Pokemon um stadium championship game going between us one day and i will i will may i you will die of dehydration because you're crying so bad you were going to get ash greninja'd that's all i'm saying also you should see me in smash because i have a feeling you're trash at super smash all right bud well uh all right so what have you been playing you had a plane Uh, i actually yeah i had a plane ride but i didn't have a switch because i forgot it gross okay but no 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 i did do some video game related things i listened to irl flight simulator by looking outside of the window (laughs) yes uh no i downloaded uh ask iwata the biography about uh obviously the nintendo man and i listened through i would say two-thirds of it on the plane Mm -hmm. very enjoyable very uh insightful book after reading uh, kojima's book yeah uh in when was that at the beginning of this year which seems like yesterday but also a hundred years ago time is a fleeting concept to me we've aged yes um but i loved it it was it was from what i've read so far very insightful i still don't think it's as interestingly done it's a biography it's it's a biography right but because the way kojima wrote his book and it's not about him it's about the things he loves and how they relate to him that's like the high watermark for me 
uh, cool, great, but now we're in that lull, right? We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I, I'm, I'm pretty much done with Elden Ring. Like, yeah. we're good. Um, <clears throat> we're in this lull now where it's the little games, right? Like Trek to Yomi is out. I want to see what that's about. There's a couple other indies I want to see. Tiny Tino's Wonderland is on the list. So next week, I'm sure I'll have some more to report back on those. But Matt, as I sneeze here, I need you to vamp because I'm going to sneeze and then we're going to roll right into our first topic. I got you. Bless you. I think you muted me. You might have muted yourself. That's what the vamp was. Oh, God, I was supposed to say thanks. Bless you. I well, that was a goddamn that. failure. Thank you, Matt. Um, <laughs> so the first topic we've got today is a Matt topic because, of course, it is. Matt, why don't you just uh, roll through our high-speed gaming, buddy? Roll through them. I would like to note I love high-speed gaming. Uh, there's rumors that uh, the Switch could be getting remakes for The Wind Waker and Twilight Princess. I think this is a, an egregious rumor. But... I think that this says something about Nintendo and Zelda's relationship come Q4 of this year. We're Is milking that the Zelda cow to death. Yes. Nintendo's and just... I think <clears throat> earlier in the year we had heard rumors that Breath of the Wild, or Two Breath, Two Wild, as we like to call it on this podcast. As it will be called, is, yeah. Is too powerful, and the Switch is not good enough to have this on its console in the base model that it currently is. And I'm curious is with these new remakes rumored to be coming out, is this a attempt to stall until we get the new iteration of the switch hash switch pro, <laughs> or is this just rumors? They want to build up hype. And I, I think this is a, a hype build up thing. I mean, we already have these re-releases, right? Like on Wii U, they already got, Twilight Princess and Wind Waker HD. So yep. this, honestly, I fucking love Wind Waker. I, I would Same. argue that Wind, <clears throat> Wind Waker is a top tier Zelda game, right? I would put it I, up there. I think it's my number one. Like if you had, if no. I had to link, pick link, one. Link, link to the Past is the you, all-time greatest yeah, Zelda game. We've discussed this. I, I enjoy Wind Waker. Um, but I would love Wind Waker on the Switch. Same. Twilight Princess is fine. I think you know, it's okay. I think it's a little gimmicky, but it's better than Skyward Sword. I digress. I, just, I, I think this right is now. the, 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 the wet, wetting the beak for yeah. Two Breath, Two Wild. Do you think it's a rumor or do you think this is true? I think it's 100% true. And frankly, I'm shocked that it took them this long. If I, I would have said that we would have gotten this way before we got a Skyward Sword re-release. Yeah. I think just because they did it on the wii u that they were like we really messed up and should have just never done the wii u and we wasted these remakes on that so i think they were trying to put enough time so it's not like oh yeah two years later let's give you the same remake again but i I, see, I don't i don't if if tropical freeze and mario kart and all those other wii u games didn't immediately come to switch i'd agree with mm. you that's fair. That's fair. But uh, cool, great. Give, yeah. give me Wind Waker. I'll buy cool it. it. Next I topic. Think, okay. Oh, we're going real high speed gaming. Summer Game Fest, baby. So 
on this show, we talk at nauseum about game shows, what their current value is here, are they worth it, and then we see E3 get canceled. But since E3's get canceled, since E3 has gotten canceled, two things have jumped up to fill that vacuum of space. One is the Xbox Bethesda show. That's going to be Xbox Bethesda focused. And then there's Summer Game Fest. And I'm excited about it. Bobby, how do you feel? Yeah, I, li- I like Keely. I like what he does. I like his passion for the industry. I think that I would much rather Summer Game Fest and kind of how the game awards have been turned into this commercial almost. Like it, it, yep. it's become less and less about actually the games that are being celebrated and more about the trailers, but whatever I get people want to watch or you have to get people to watch rather. Um, Here's what I will say. Now that we've had about two years of this, everybody has a show bullshit, right? Yeah. If it's not E3, fine, but Let's all get together and just put it into that one week like it used to be. Thank you. Let's come Thank on you. with this. You know. And uh, it, it, to be, it looks like it's shaping up that way because what uh, Xbox was June 12th or June 13th, and this is looking like June 9th. So it's three days separated. Put it in a week. Make a convention. Let me use I vacation on this. Play, well, I don't, again, I don't need a. I don't necessarily need a convention. What I need is I for all of the the announcements to be consolidated, even if it's just like a watch party. It's f- more fun that way. I think um, since you brought up watch party, Xbox is hosting a watch party for their um, Xbox Bethesda thing, and I forget where i have that article but it's going to be a tiktok later this week so be on the lookout for it play economist and let me know if you like the tiktoks in the comments below because i put a lot of effort into it oh. however next topic we're going rapid fire this <clears throat> one this one got me excited and i know this is everything you hate about having me on the podcast and the one regret you have about actually doing this with me is i have there's Two things bad about me in video games. One, my undying, unconditional love for World of Warcraft. It's unfathomable. It's a little... It's almost it's, creepy. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. You, your word is not mine. It's unhealthy. Yeah. And two, my susceptibility to mobile game marketing tactics. And you know what they did this week? They announced a mobile game directly marketed at me. They announced Warcraft Arc Light Rumble. And before you're like, Matt, 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 Matt. Activision Blizzard made a mobile game. It has to be predatory. One, they confirm in the trailer it is pay to win. They don't even ignore it. And I love that for them. (laughs) I really do. It's basically a tower defense game, and they describe it as a tower defense game. And then later on in the commercial, almost immediately, actually, they're like, but it's not like that tower defense game, basically naming tower defense. It's tower offense. And then they show this like this montage of clips of them destroying towers. <laughs> and this was the cringiest 
most uncomfortable announcement I've ever had to sit through. Oh no. Oh and no. I'm looking at every... this now. This is fucking straight up uh Castle not Castle Crashers, that other game. Um uh, Clash Crash of Clans. Yeah, it's Clash of Clans. Oh but no. But with a with the Warcraft skin. Oh, Do you know how much no. money I'm going to have to spend on this? Matt, no, buddy. No. I opted into a beta of a mobile game. Matt, I, I think you need therapy. <laughs> or should at least start drinking or something. Because but this hear is... me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. I have a very conflicted opinion on whether or not, whether or not I want big IP to have mobile game ports or mobile game assets because it cheapens the value of that IP to most consumers. But if they take all of the predatory, scummy, mobile game bullshit and just put it into the mobile game of that IP, maybe they'll keep it out of the regular game? Maybe? That, that's like saying... Well, if I have to have cancer, I'd really only love to have cancer in this one, in, in, in my appendix, in the most vestigial part of my body. Um, yeah, but then you don't have to deal with the appendix and then you don't have cancer. That's how it works, Bobby. We've both been through this. <laughs> Here's what I'll say. Uh, you know, the, the, the mobile game space is constantly in flux where I feel like big companies don't quite know what to do with it either they're all in or they're not like everybody's kind of taking a shot at this nintendo's taking a shot at this didn't really pan out uh, sony in little tiny ways and i think coming back more as we earlier on in the year they said they're going to have all these big ips transition to mobile in one way or the other look i mean this is a Clash of Clans and Clash Royale and, and all those games. I forget what that company's name that makes them. Uh, Supercell. Mm-hmm. They print money. Yes, so they do. So my thing is, I am just uh, frankly shocked it took this long. But Me here's too. what I think is very forward thinking about this game. This is the first game that I've seen. I don't know if it's the first game that's been out there but this is the first game i've seen that is a mobile first vertical uh game like this yes we've had cut the rope and yes we've had flappy bird but if you think about it, angry birds sideways uh what are the other big mobile games wait wait wait, wait. clash that's, of clans sideways yeah. right considering this this huge push now for everything to be vertical vertical video i mean the 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 biggest thing this week is instagram saying that all photos in your feed will be fully vertical now which as a creative person i think is god awful but is that what happened to twitter because i've noticed twitter's interface has swapped for me on the play economics twitter and it's Mm -hmm. way more photo focused and in that vertical uh frame so what I'll say is, is that's interesting because I've never seen a game like that, but cool, neat, great. I mean, look, I'm not opposed like Diablo Immortal. I'm going to play the shit out of Diablo Immortal. In fact, I can't wait to play Diablo Immortal on June 7th. Yep. I'm not going to spend one dime to, uh, you know, speed up my cooldown process. Or whatever. Well, you're a fake fan. Um, 
<laughs> but like that's that's and that just kind of I think speaks to the kind of game I want right now. Like, yeah, you want something you could pick up and play that almost mindlessly. That's not going to cost you a lot of money. Correct. Correct. And I get right? that. And, and they, honestly, they have the, the League of Legends game like that, the mobile League of Legends game. Like They have stuff like that. My thing is, the reason that I'm still kind of okay with mobile games and their predatory, like, monetary practices, it's optional for the most part. And if you are play, if it's a PvE scenario and it's pay to win... If you pay to win, why are you playing the game? You're not playing anymore. You're just correct. Putting if money you if you, if you uh, speed up your crops in Farmville, remember make make yeah. America Farmville again, man. Yeah. Well, those specific examples I don't like. So the ones that they time gate you and force you to pay money to continue playing, those are dumb. That I don't like. But the ones that are like, oh, if you want this axe, give us ninety nine cents worth of coins. Sure. Buy it if you but those want. those coins in real American coins cost six thousand dollars. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. We're done with high speed gaming. I'm so excited ah, for Warcraft yes. Arc Light uh, Rumble, and it's gonna be really I. It's gonna break my phone. It is. It's just gonna be on twenty four hours a day. That my battery life is gonna go to the shitter, like within the next week and a half. But to our main topics. And this one is Xbox-focused again. Because over this last week and the week before, Xbox has been announcing, in my opinion, hit after hit after hit of just good news coming after good news coming out of Microsoft. They're not announcing games. They're announcing features and quality of life things that I think are just good and on-brand for them all in a short time while capitalizing on the success of the Series X due to the shortages with the PS5. Two things were announced this week. Fortnite is coming back on iOS through Xbox Gaming. Microsoft is throwing its weight behind Epic Games in the fight against Apple, bringing Fortnite back to iOS in the process. The company announced Thursday that it had partnered with Epic Games to make Fortnite available on uh, Apple devices through its game streaming service, Xbox Cloud Gaming. Wow. Give it a week. Give it a week. This this is let me tell you something. Let me explain something. If Amazon still to this day you cannot buy comicsology books through the App Store because Amazon yes. did not want to get give Apple their rip. Give this a week and Tim Cook is going to, you know, AC130 a a palette yes. of lawsuit documents into bill gates's house um, that that was my wow because apple does not play around with shit like this yeah, no, no. and i love it because imagine the litigation that's going to be behind a microsoft apple lawsuit well i mean think about the the apple sony lawsuit right like how much did we learn that we would have never learned um, in terms of like the the investments and, and stuff like that and epic true dollar values and, and, and things of that nature. Yeah, I yeah. give this a week. Uh, a week. But this, this I just, is not going to last. As much as it's not going to last, I just think it's so 
and I think we had covered this previously on um, the podcast when the epic Apple thing was happening. And to be honest, I think I'm on Apple's side, if I'm remembering this correctly, where like, I'm sorry, you're putting your game on my product. You're paying the way everyone else pays. Correct. However, what I will say, though, is, and it can't, I, I can't speak too much about this, but uh, I was recently privy to a conversation with someone at a very high level who is developing an app mm-hmm. uh, unrelated to games, but was saying how uh, to be certified on Apple, Apple is requiring certain APIs and certain payment methods to be built into the app that wouldn't natively have been there during a first design so that uh, any in-app purchases go directly through the app store and uh, things like that. So it's, yeah. it's very interesting in that sense. In, in my opinion, though, they are 100% in their right to do that. And correct me if I'm wrong, when you buy... No, I guess you don't do it through there. You wouldn't th- do that through Xbox or Sony because you just buy directly from... Apex, or you buy directly from um, Sony. Like, you buy directly from the game. Like, if I wanted to buy V-Bucks in Fortnite on my PlayStation, I'm buying V-Bucks through Fortnite. So it's just phones that have that model. Yes. So, so Sony makes a 30% rip of every transaction that goes to the PlayStation yeah. Store. You purchase V-Bucks through the PlayStation Store, right? So you yeah, yeah. Click- Buy bucks and it'll jump you out to the, the PlayStation Store, right? Yeah. Uh, I give this a week. I think that uh, there's so much money at stake that Apple is n- not willing to take anything less than mm-hmm. the full pie. Yeah, whatever they were getting before Epic tried to do this is what they are going to continue to get. Or you can see a binder on your desk. And here's the thing. Oddly enough that we were just speaking about the World of Warcraft game and, and pay to win and mm-hmm. that kind of shit, right? I think the reason that Apple is so, is one of the few companies that is, can be so staunch in their, you know, fuck you, pay me attitude is because yep. while Apple doesn't have Fortnite, right? They have, I can name you know, three to five massive mobile game properties that generate them enough microtransaction money that Apple's like, no, we 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 want this, but we don't need this kind of thing. You know yeah. what I mean? And I would also argue that a lot of their like money that they make on mobile games don't come from a game like Fortnite, where I'm sure they're making a mint on Fortnite. But I bet they made a lot on Angry Birds, and they made a lot on these games that came from Cast- uh, like Castle from Crashers, Clan yeah. Royale, all of these games that you you see. Just Candy Crush. And to be honest, they're making money on like they're and it's just like you said, they're able to do this because if they lose you, Apple needs. No, no, no the other way around. Fortnite needs Apple in this scenario more than Apple needs Fortnite. Correct. 
And that's how we're going to end this. I can't wait. And the only reason I brought this up is because I know this is going to be a lawsuit or this is going to be something where it's either going to end in a week, like you're saying, or it's going to be this long drawn out process and we're going to get to see it develop and we're going to see a bunch of numbers and figures and monetary like values come out of this. And it's going to be awesome and I can't wait, but we will keep you updated. The second part of this story is that Microsoft announced their streaming stick for TV apps and they're less than 12 months away. If only, if only there was somebody who, I don't know, fucking six months ago, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. If only there was somebody who said that this was coming, maybe that person's name is Bobby, maybe she is extremely handsome and very funny. Maybe he takes a victory lap. Called it, told you. This, 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 this is. I'm gonna, I'm gonna cut in here. The, the Alex Jones on Joe Rogan. I told you. I thought they're doing it. I mean, what's that a conspiracy theory? So, let me, let me just ask you something about this. Uh huh. Do you think that their point for this is to get cloud gaming so good that you don't need a console? No. I think their their point for this is to get cloud gaming good enough where it takes over a lot that they start to cannibalize the casual gamer in a way that they never have before, right? Because your hardcore gamer, you and me, will never accept less than great frame rate. We'll be able to look yeah. at something and be like, that's that's not that's only that. 30. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want that 30 yet. But your uh, little cousin, your mm-hmm. family of six who can't afford yep. more than one console, your, uh, you know, new parent, your, yep. like, there is a huge market of people who just want to fucking play a video game and don't necessarily care the at, at the highest field i you know yeah. I, yeah I call them all the time the madden people and the call of duty people who own a game console and maybe only okay. buy two games a year yeah. right you could stream it those people couldn't give two halves of a whole shit about yep. ray tracing they yep. jump in they play some 2k they play a couple games of call of duty neat great yep back to being a tax attorney right like oh uh, are you just you're just calling out the accountant. No, he's really an are. accountant, not a tax attorney. Oh, yeah. You said taxes, and I immediately went to, yo, the accountant's going to be pissed. Um, so I think this is Microsoft. Oddly enough, they're coming for Nintendo's accessibility. Right? Go ahead. That, it's funny you say that because I think they're coming for somebody else. I think they are coming for the transition of people playing mobile games to console gaming because this is the next no commitment step from you have a phone, you're playing games on your phone to like, oh, I could just boot this up on my TV. Like I don't even need to get anything else. Now it's on a TV and now you're like, oh, but this new game is coming out and like it could perform really well. Maybe I should get an Xbox. Excellent point. Yeah, they're getting a transition phase, and it's going to be – I really, really like this for Xbox. 
I also think now that you're talking about it, this is a perfectly positioned product. Hold on, I'm gonna sneeze. <clears throat> Bless you. Thank you. Sorry. Gotcha. Matt Vamp. Oh, I'm gonna vamp. So let me tell you why this is good for Xbox. Because currently, right now, you have the extreme casuals of mobile gaming, and then you have people that have consoles, and the consoles are a they're a buy-in price. $500 is nothing to just be like, no, 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 that's just pay for it. Like it's not that much, like it's not that much money, blah, blah, blah. It is. That is a big commitment for someone that's potentially getting this for a six-year-old, a seven-year-old that just wants an Xbox because they want to play Fortnite. If you could pay $15, $10, a month to have this app on your um your TV, boom, they have you. And they provide a level of service that currently no other gaming console provides. And I love it. And Bobby's got to stop sneezing because I am out of ideas. This is also a perfectly positioned product for someone like me who... Hold on. A perfectly positioned product for someone like me who... Hold on. See, the world is trying to get me not to say it. Xbox is like, Bobby, we have this for the Bethesda announcement. You can't say it yet. Who needs a third console where they have their mainly on PlayStation. Hold on. They have a Switch for Zelda. I see what you're getting at. They also want to play Halo with their friends, but don't. Right. So I see what Bobby's trying to say in between his allergy attack is that if you have a PlayStation, the chances of you getting an Xbox as well are slim because, again, we're talking about that $500 investment that you've already made into a PlayStation. You're now going to have to do it for an Xbox. But if you have cloud gaming and you have this stick that you could put in the back of your TV, you can have the best of both worlds where the exclusives that you want to play with your friends and the Halos and the Gears and any of the Bethesda games that are coming out, you want to try and you want to play, but you don't want to own the console, you can get it through cloud gaming, and it offers up a next-level amount of availability and interaction with your product. If I correctly explain. Correct. Here is what my only request for this is. Because, frankly, I'm shocked that they want their own stick. Because if it was me... I would just be developing an app. Yep. Right? But I get it. What I would say, though, is the only my only request for this is it has to have an Ethernet port or an Ethernet dongle availability plugin. Don't TVs have those? Yeah, but I want it directly into the stick. All right. You know what I'm saying? Because I am fortunate enough to have fiber gig speed, right? Mm-hmm. So for me, shit, even probably playing on Wi-Fi is fine. But for someone who has less than great Wi-Fi, being yeah. on a solid connection makes a huge difference when you're streaming mm-hmm. back and forth. Yeah. Especially when it comes to something that requires input latency. Yeah. Cool, great. I told you all it was coming, it's here. Yep. I told we you. love to see it. Hashtag Bobby was right from the jump. So uh, we're going to transition to our 
next topic, but I think we're going to save the topic two for last because I didn't have topic three originally in the show notes and you added it. And I want to talk about that first because I think the last one is the what we really want to get to. No, no. The last one is actually... So So just for context, now we're going to get to the biggest news of the week, right? Which is obviously yeah. that Square Enix has sold Crystal Dynamics and most of its properties, a couple other subsidiary studios to Embracer Group. Massive, massive piece of news here. Yep. Love to see it. Underneath that oh, is that, that uh, Ubisoft is, is open back. Yeah. yeah, Matt said that Xbox was going to do it. Wrong go, my friend. Yeah, but I was, but, but with the price tag, I'm just saying, if Microsoft is like, here's a billion, maybe we get this changed. Maybe we get this changed. I hope so. So, so, there, so, so let's so let's break this down, right? Coming to the article yeah. from us here from Twinfinite. Embrace Group has been acquiring a lot of studios as of late, but today it had a rather groundbreaking acquisition to announce in the form of Square Enix's main Western developers. The deal involves the acquisition of Crystal Dynamics, Eidos Montreal, Square Enix Montreal, and their IPs from Square Enix said IPs to include classics like Tomb Raiders, Deus Ex, Thief, Legacy of Kane, and many, many more. The deal will also bring over 50 back catalog games over to the Embracer Group. Now, here is why I, I think this is could be one of the more consequential acquisitions despite being one of the lower ticket price mm-hmm. tags, right? Hit me. So I'm going to break this down. I, I, I wrote a couple of thought points here. Number one, this was a $300 million cash deal, which two, three years ago would have been a, wow, Monumental, how that's yeah. a lot of money. We're no longer playing in that space. Three hundred million is now a tawdry amount. It's forty million more than Sony paid for Insomniac. Right now, while what Embracer Group got, I don't think is anywhere near on the quality level of anything Insomniac has done. The quantity is it is. It's hard to believe how much they got for how much they spent. Right, like this was a a Costco buy in bulk purchase. So yeah. that's one aspect of this, right? Three hundred million all cash. Interesting. My immediate next thought to this is, Embracer Group is a publicly traded company on the Swedish market. Will somebody come in at a higher bid, like EA did to? Uh, I forget who. Was it to take two? Yeah, it was to take two when they bought the racing studio. When at the last minute, they they just came in and higher price tag. My Interesting. Job. No, no, I don't. I, I just want it to happen because I want Gex the Gecko to be an Xbox exclusive. Yeah. We all know I have a vested value in, in, in Gex. Wiring Crystal Dynamics, yeah. Just make Gex great again. He, to me, this is... So, so Embracer Group is an interesting company, right? Because they have a huge amount of subsidiaries, but their track record is that whenever they acquire new IP, or at least their content rollout strategy is, okay, we have new game in development, redo and re-release older game in the series to generate excitement, right? They did that with the Shrill yep. Humans, they did it with the SpongeBob game. 
So for a lot of these older IPs, like let's say Legacy of Kane, well, that's cool as hell. I would love a Legacy of Kane remake while you give me a new Legacy of Kane game. Yeah. The thing that I've been wrestling the most with here is what is next? Because from a financial standpoint, why Square Enix jettison their Western studios makes perfect sense to me logically and even more apparent sense to me financially, right? Avengers was a huge blunder. They should have never done it. It was hemorrhaging money. Guardians of the Galaxy took way too long and it was way too expensive despite being a fun game by all accounts, right? So Square Enix looks at their portfolio and says, shit, people really like our Japanese focus, in-house developed, the things that are our passion projects, Final Fantasy, etc. Get this other shit out of here. Double down on what we like doing. And I think we'll become even more profitable. So that makes sense, right? Because a year, what was it, a year ago, two years ago, when they let the Hitman people go and they let them take the Hitman IP and everyone was like, what do you do? Why? Why are you mm-hmm. doing that? Because they're trying to streamline their content portfolio. Yeah. Which to me says this makes them more attractive. This makes Square Enix more attractive for acquisition than it ever has before. Because they've cut out all of their shit that nobody would want and says, hey, now you don't have to worry about, we want Final Fantasy. I guess we'll also buy the Avengers team. No, no, no. Now it's Final Fantasy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now it's just, you want Final Fantasy? Here's Final Fantasy. Here's Final Fantasy. And I think now we're living in a world more than ever where Sony is going to buy Square Enix. See, I'm thinking the opposite. I'm thinking because now, as Square Enix is limiting their portfolio and really streamlining it down to just their main IP and their main titles, I think they're just consolidating for ease of work. Where they could become a very lean company, provide what's making the money, develop what's making the money, and that's it. And they don't need they don't need an acquisition because they don't need to cash flow these stu- like not stupid games, but these games that aren't making them as much money as their high profile IP. And it just puts them in a place where they have these ongoing contracts, these ongoing commitments with huge labels. And that's all they need to focus on, and they can make those as good as possible and keep themselves relevant and keep those games in the upper echelon of what comes out in 2022, what comes out in 2023. I agree. I just don't think that that is a possibility anymore in this post-ABK acquisition world, right? Yeah. It's definitely pie in the sky to think that Square Enix making themselves as lean as and attractive to acquisition as possible isn't going to like future sight into them getting acquired. Like it's it's just the logical next step to yours, but I'm hoping it <clears throat> doesn't go that way. Here is what I would also I think like to see. If you think about Japanese game publishing, which is different than game development, the th- three, the three biggest publishers in and coming out of Japan right now are all mergers, right? 
Yep. Square Enix is Squaresoft and Enix, right? Bandai Namco was Bandai and Namco. Tecmo yep. and Koei, right? It's not an original thought. People have been saying that. Yeah. I don't take credit for it, but what I'll say is, what if we just got a conglomerized publishing, right? If, if Square Enix went to Tecmo Koei, because I think... Bandai Namco is a little too big and just said, let's just, let's just join up. Nobody buys anybody, but let's, let's, let's make things a little more streamlined. I would almost like to see that because while I am thrilled that a company like Tencent bought, uh, not like Tencent bought them, that in, I, I, I argue that Embracer Group is the anti-Tencent. You have right? mentioned it. <laughs> right. They own all this shit, but at the same time, they seem very good to their mm -hmm. people. And they come from a free market economy where you can openly criticize your government without being worried that you'll get disappeared. You know. You and know. you don't need to be filming a podcast from a safe place. A CIA, CIA black site. Yeah. It's yeah. not Saudi money. It's not Chinese money. It's Okay. This I can live with, and despite the fact that we don't need to start, we don't. Not everybody needs to be bought. If yeah. that's who the world we're living in, fine. At least it was these guys. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I get that. Yeah. Um, I'm so curious to see what comes next because the next thing is as we go. This is just a little postscript: is that Ubisoft might go private, right? Um. And the, the, the interesting, and this is coming to us from Video Games Chronicle, it says that Ubisoft shares jumped 10% following new takeover report. It's claimed the Gilman family could partner with a private equity firm to acquire the company. According to Equities News and Data Service Deal Reporter, the company's founding Gilman family is considering teaming with a private equity firm to acquire the company. The Gilman family holds 15.9% of Ubisoft shares and 22.3% of voting shares. Deal Reports article reportedly claims the family wants to retain operational control of the company and could partner with a private equity firm, a private equity firm to scupper a possible deal. Right now, uh, if you scoot down in the article a little bit, it says what private equity firms? Well, Blackstone, KKR, and Co. Like you know the big names. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. You can't just. Uh, that's a lot of money for just any equity firm. And to me, that's, that is now the overall market responding to the churn that is going on within the games industry. Because what fucking business does Blackstone have acquiring Ubisoft? It doesn't. But this is, this is the result. This is the dominoes falling of when Microsoft goes out and pays billions of dollars for acquisition. Guess what? That's, that's a flare that everybody's going to see yeah. ac across industries. So now where, you know, a private equity firm before might have said, yeah, maybe we'll buy a game company. Now it's like, now, oh, yeah. game, game companies? Game companies are being bought up left, right, and center? Uh, we at Blackstone uh, would love to buy a game company. No, yep. you wouldn't. You don't give a shit. No. But they're profitable. No. From a Ubisoft perspective, getting acquired or being taken private is the best thing on the planet because Ubisoft is not in a good place right now. Uh, optically, 
they they they've had quite a few controversies and ubisoft games are middling at best yeah. right i would say their best far cries are behind them their best assassins creeds are behind them oh, what the fuck as the kids would say they are mid yeah as the they're they're, they're very, mid very, very mid yeah they're so do you know why I think them going private or getting acquired and then becoming private is the best thing for Ubisoft? And this is nothing against Ubisoft personally, but as we've done this podcast, I have grown almost a disdain for the way they are managed. It seems like Ubisoft particularly has, when it comes to shareholders and um like quarterly earnings reports and obviously everyone wants to do really well every quarterly earnings but ubisoft seems to take the right now approach every single time it's what could we possibly do to make this quarter better right now and it never works out for the consumer and it never works out for the game and it always bites them in the ass and I think without the pressure of external shareholders, they come back with a much better product. Yeah, well, they don't have to worry about shareholders. They just have to worry about yeah. you know, Blackstone assassins. Yes. <laughs> but I think you can work with that. I think the volatility of the market is too much for the current leadership and the current strategic planning team at Ubisoft. Like, I think they're I just agree. too reactionary to it. I also think that uh, if anyone at Blackstone is listening, number one, hire me because, uh, okay, let's, let's, roll in that di- <laughs> let's roll in that dirty, dirty money. If uh, Blackstone yeah. would like to acquire the number one financial gaming podcast in the world. According to our moms, done. <laughs> the, the for sale sign is in the yard. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, I think with hard. that being... With no, that being said, if you like the idea of non-gaming companies purchasing gaming companies, you should stay tuned for our Plus episode this Thursday because we got yeah, a lot yeah. of that going on. Papa John's I, buying Nintendo is going to be huge. Title of the episode. Title of the episode is Papa John's buys Nintendo. However, Confirm Bobby, take it the greatest YouTube. All right, if you guys like what you heard, you want to hear more of it, leave us a good review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Leave us a subscribe and a thumbs up on YouTube. Share this video with someone you think will also find value from it. Fight with me on TikTok. Kiss Matt on Twitter. Tip your cabbie. Spay and neuter your pets. And it's your Uncle Bobby signing off. Oh my God damn it. Happy gaming, everybody. It's your actual Uncle Matt Miles. I hope you like the truck. Miles, maybe you have several uncles. Maybe you've been lied to your whole life. Stop recording. You know, Matt, Jake, Bobby. Like, it's easy, Miles. You can just, anybody can be anything. And right now, Miles, I'm your uncle. You hear this voice, this classically trained voice? I'll have you know that he has been advised to stop watching the podcast because you keep doing this. (laughs) Who advised him? Who advised him? Me. I did. You're not his uncle. Let me get my secretary. Get Miles on the line. Okay. I got to jump on another call. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Take care, everybody. <laughs>